Time now for Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Now, here's your host, Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. There's been a lot of discussion about rural crime and property rights following a resolution at this week's SARM convention in Saskatoon. The resolution, which was passed by 93% of delegates, called on SARM to lobby the federal government to expand the rights and justification for people to defend themselves and their property. The resolution stems from an increase in theft in rural areas, and SARM President Ray Orb says it was not directed at anyone in particular. We've been told that, uh, that the impetus is, uh, is a search for drugs, uh, drug money, and also, uh, obviously, there are, there are some people out of uh, work uh, that are desperate, and you know they may be in some cases uh, they may be going to somebody else's property and uh, stealing things and then reselling them. And it's uh, it's a sad situation. It's something that uh, we would like to stop, but it, it's going to be an uphill battle. But I think we need to work together as a province on that. The Federation of Indigenous Sovereign Nations strongly condemns the resolution, especially in the light of the shooting death of Colton Bushy on a farm in the bigger area. Back on August 9th, a 54-year-old man has been charged with second-degree murder. His preliminary hearing is scheduled for next month. FSIN Vice Chief Kimberly Jonathan spoke to reporters yesterday prior to a meeting with SARM directors. In no way do I ever condone property crime, any crime, whether it's in rural um, Saskatchewan, in urban settings or on the reserves. There is absolutely no, we're not saying that it's okay could because it's not and those people ought to be charged and they ought to um, seek whatever punishment that the courts give them. Um, some people may say it, it may say that it's not long enough or it takes its you know paperwork all that there's a play there it, it's in place for that um, now to say that it's all indigenous people that commit these crimes is totally unfair and unacceptable because we don't have those statistics but we, we shouldn't pit each other against one another it's not the the rural um, people against uh, First Nations people it's it's um, we are all wanting peace and coexistence the RCMP is working with SARM to try and revive the rural crime watch program which was fairly prevalent in the 1990s here's Corporal Mel Zurovinsky you can drive around rural Saskatchewan and see the signs everywhere they're getting dilapidated. This last year we've had a little more exposure to rural communities having vandalism and theft. So it's something we're firing up in the RCMP. We've kind of revamped the whole system, the package. We're getting it out to RMs, municipalities, uh, and uh, trying to get it going again. And uh, we're having some good success with SARM on building that communication. He goes on to say, Rural Crime Watch is just being vigilant of... Uh, what our neighbours are doing, who your neighbour is, what they're doing out there, being aware of your neighbours and uh, reporting people that you don't feel is in your neighbourhood. As far as people chasing them down, no, that is not what Rural Crime Watch is about. We, we ad advocate that you don't take physical action, that you don't have weapons and uh, through communication we can solve a lot of rural crime. RCMP Corporal Mel Zervinsky looks after the Rural Crime Watch program. The federal and provincial governments have diametrically opposing views on a carbon tax, but it isn't affecting the working relationship between the two agriculture ministers. Lawrence McCauley and Lyle Stewart held a private meeting after each made speeches to the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities annual convention in Saskatoon yesterday. Stewart told reporters their discussions have been productive and constructive. Minister McCauley has been a great help to us on a number of files and uh, we very much appreciate it. 
appreciate the relationship and uh, expect that to uh, be fruitful in the, in the future. Premier Brad Wall went to Iowa earlier this week to promote Canada-U.S. trade at the request of the Prime Minister. The federal and provincial governments also share similar viewpoints on soon-to-be-announced grain transportation legislation and Canadian efforts to find a resolution for a pulse crop trade issue with India. Macaulay recently returned from India, where he participated in discussions with government officials. India will end an exemption on the fumigation of Canadian peas and lentils on March 31st, which could affect imports to our largest customer. Those exemptions have been granted to Canada every six months for many years. India's main concern is an insect which is not in our country. Macaulay says the goal is to reach a long-term science-based policy. I doubt if a long-term solution will be done by March 31st, but it's obvious they do want the top quality pulses and and uh, we're working, my department has been working with them for a number of months and uh, and I had good meetings with them and it's certainly obvious they want the product, but this is what you seem to go through. and. What we want to do is not go through this every six months, and hopefully that's what we can resolve. Macaulay says the Canadian Food Inspection Agency is willing to help India resolve the fumigation issue. Well, uh, CFIA is working with the counterparts in India, and we've offered to help them in a number of areas, and uh, that only helps the overall issue. But in the end, what, what CFIA and the government and my department is what we've been pushing for for months is the long-term solution, science-based long-term solution. Countries indicate they believe in science-based resolu uh, uh, resolutions, but um, we have to have it before we have it. And we don't have all the final solutions at the moment, but obviously they need the pulses and they want them and uh, we have them and we'll supply them. Macaulay says India wanted more information on a long-term solution and he remains hopeful it can be resolved. India bought over $1.1 billion worth of pulse crops from Canada last year. The Saskatchewan government has been monitoring the situation closely because farmers in this province grow the vast majority of Canadian peas and lentils. Stewart is cautiously optimistic the situation will be resolved. While there is common ground on trade issues, the federal and provincial governments could still be headed for a showdown on a carbon tax. Prime Minister Trudeau says any province without a carbon tax by 2018 will have one imposed. Saskatchewan maintains a carbon tax will hurt the important agriculture, energy, mining and manufacturing sectors. Macaulay did not mention carbon tax in his speech to SARM delegates, but noted afterwards that revenue collected can be distributed by the province. I'm always concerned about uh, agriculture, but in this instance we canvass clearly that a price on carbon would be put in place. The province has the opportunity to allocate the funding where they see fit. Saskatchewan's Lyle Stewart had a reply. If this tax is uh, revenue neutral, why are we doing it? And isn't that an admission that it can't possibly work? The Saskatchewan government has indicated that it would launch a legal challenge against any federally imposed carbon tax, a position strongly supported by SARM and nearly every agricultural organization. The majority of Canada's sheep population remains in eastern Canada, but the numbers on the prairies are starting to rise. Stats Canada reports as of January 1st, there were 
828,000 head across the country, down 1.4% from the previous year. The largest declines were in the Atlantic provinces, Quebec and Alberta, while the biggest increases were in Manitoba and Saskatchewan. Stats Canpakes, the provincial sheep population at 98,000, up 3.1%. The executive director of the Saskatchewan Sheep Development Board, Gordon Schrader, credits efforts to encourage new producers to enter the business, including seminars and promotional videos. Current prices aren't too bad either. Well, right now we're looking at probably anywhere, depending on weight. Uh, we, we just shipped the lower lambs last week and we saw, you know, lighter lambs at 235 all the way up to $1.95 for uh, heavy ones. And so for a good market lamb ready for harvest, you're looking at 200 plus dollars a lamb now. So that's good for producers. Saskatchewan has no processing plant for sheep. Most of our processing is still either going west to the Innisfil plant or going east to the plants out in Ontario. Uh, we have a huge market in Ontario, so uh, there's lots of lambs still head to Ontario from here. You know, going west, it's closer, and so we encourage producers to look at the western option as well. Schroeder says some smaller butcher shops are also involved. Well, we're seeing a lot of some smaller ones, provincially inspected doing some, and it's more uh, for farm gate, uh, local, local supply. We're not seeing them slaughter lambs or harvest lambs to go into stores or anything like that. It's more... Farmgate and uh, direct marketing that's going through the provincial plants. Domestic lamb consumption is growing due to immigration and millennials willing to try a wider variety of food. Canadian producers currently meet less than half the domestic demand, with the rest being supplied mainly by imports from New Zealand and Australia. The market updates on the source 620 CKRM. Grain prices were showing some downward movement in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola fell 340 at 470.22. Oats dropped a dollar six at 164.92. Number one red spring wheat went down 273 at 227.50. The rest were unchanged. Durham 274.82. Feed barley 131.14. Flax 479.96. Yellow peas 306.49. Feed wheat 136.48. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, May wheat was down two and a half cents a bushel at five forty-five and a half cents a bushel. About it. And now the latest livestock quotations. This is Graham Barnett with Market Report Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. Nineteen hundred and sixty on offer at our Tuesday pre-start. Another three hundred cows on bulls on the Thursday. Looks like these light grass cattle are gaining a little strength. Bulls were fully steady this week. Looked like the cow market was a hair stronger again this week. Next pre-sort Tuesday, March 21st. Looks like a good run for that one again. Here's what happened at the pre-sort Tuesday. Five and a quarter weight black and red steers. 229 and 75. 589 reds and blacks at 211. We had 84 red and black steers. 662 that came from Kelly Shaver at Bengop. They bring 191. The 28 tan steers, they topped out at two bucks at 670 bucks one pound 773 weight tans at 173.75 we sold 106 black steers 772 at 168 into the heifers eat light little grass heifers 448 reds and blacks at 185 and a quarter 529 blacks at 181 584 blacks at 175 68 well 688 tans at 170 and 50 that's what's happening here at heartland livestock in moose jaw this is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. 
No new report today from Hams Marketing. We have, though, the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. It's a report from yesterday. Hams sold 6,000 hogs Wednesday and are expected to sell around 5,500 hogs today, selling in a range of 168 to 170 per CKG. Number one sows delivered to Winnipeg this week are selling in the range of 63 to $77 per CKG live weight. Coming up, the farm weather